Oh, it's only a, a sound thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. To, Here's the thing. I thought he was about to film me saying this, but I guess it's just a uh, vocal thing. So I'm going to make it really good. I'm going to make sound effects, voice effects, all this. Listen. <clears throat> this is Kevin Steen, Steen, Steen. And you're listening to... Marking out! This is... Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. I'm here with Brandon. You can go check him out on Instagram and Twitter at BTTG161. And also give Chris a follow at Chris Wingdog. But collectively, we are known as Marking Out, and you already know that. Make sure you check out all of our past episodes, MarkingOut.com, iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the whole shebang. Also, make sure you buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Send us an email and all of that fun stuff. But, Brandon... How are you today? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? Doing good, doing good. And your how was your week? Yeah, my week was uh my week was groovy. No, it was actually a short week because of the uh the Labor Day that came up and Labor Day was on the same day as Rosh Hashanah. So um yeah. Happy that New was, Year too. Yeah, happy new year, Lashana Tova to uh you and uh, all of our listeners who observe, but Lashana Tova wishing everybody a sweet, too sweet of a new year. Um, yeah, but you know, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, had some company over, nothing too big, nothing too crazy, and besides that, not too much else. How about yourself? Yeah, not uh, not too much. I purchased. Tickets for AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage at UBS Arena mm-hmm. in Elmont near Belmont Park. Isn't that Oh, confusing? you got tickets. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if they messed up the seating chart or whatnot, mm-hmm. but, like, the seats all the way across the bowl, like, from the stage, mm-hmm. are, like, 30 bucks, and uh-huh. then the seats closest to the stage are, like... 80 bucks and that doesn't sound right huh right that doesn't sound right right (laughs) yeah that sounds a little bit off but yeah but that should be an awesome event i mean they're doing dynamite and rampage well that's what they do now yeah Yeah. but i hope that this arena doesn't suck like the coliseum does nassau coliseum and i hope it doesn't suck like barclay center does (laughs) Transportation-wise, I know uh, it's not the greatest unless you're driving there. And even when you're driving there, it seems like it might be a pain in the neck because of, like, it's not Traffic. completed yet. Yeah, it seems and like... I don't I, know when it will be. 
I feel like traffic is going to be a pain, too, because of its location. Yeah, and there's, like, they said that, I think they said they're adding another off-ramp or something over there, but, again... Yeah, but how 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 much time is that going to take to actually get done, though? Yeah, we see, like, if you go to Florida, Orlando, those, like, roads seem to, like, never be ending. Even New yeah. York, you see a never-ending construction. Yeah, but that should be a really cool event to check out, you know, and, I mean... I'm later on this month. I'm going to be going to the uh, one at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So next week's at the Rock. Yeah, it. You know, it's really cool that they're coming up around here, and it's it's exciting now. You know, the last time they came up around here, I don't think there was as much buzz around AEW. There was buzz. What do you mean? The last time they came up around here, COVID canceled it postponed it it was supposed to be that show at the prudential center way back when oh. and i think it was march did they they never had like a live event up here or anything no it was that was the very first one in the tri-state area it they claimed it sold out but i oh. like looked often i think they claimed it sold out and i looked often and there was never like not tickets available I guess that would explain why I haven't heard much talk about it because it didn't take place for some yeah, reason that was, i thought that, that was supposed to be blood and guts Ah, for some reason, I thought that there was still an event that took place, like a smaller event of AEW no. up here. Um, but no, it's that. And then they they claim that this uh, this UBS Arena show is the first one on Long Island, which pisses me off <laughs> because <laughs> I don't ignore the maps. We all know Brooklyn and Queens is on Long Island. Yeah, yeah. So it's like your first Long Island show is actually in two weeks, brother. Yeah, is it the it's the first New York show too, right? Yeah, it's funny. Well, I was gonna say it's the first tri-state area show, but no, because next week is Jersey. <laughs> ah, well, no, no, it's not the first New York show because they had, or I don't know, did they? Did, have oh, Rochester they had Rochester. No? They had Rochester, right? I don't know. I know they were supposed to. That was when Matt Hardy and and Brody Lee were supposed to debut. Oh man. I can't remember if they went up to Rochester yet. I don't I don't remember either. I feel like they I feel did, like this is I, I feel like this is the first televised show maybe. There was never if AEW was running a show there wasn't there was always TV attached unless it was that hmm. that show on a Friday before Mania, I believe. I don't know now. I don't know. But I think it's going to be a, like really exciting and everything. But your week otherwise was uh was good? Yeah. Rochester's actually coming up September. Rochester. So it's not, uh, they yeah. haven't been there yet, I believe. Huh. All right. Good deal. Well, how about this? We've been talking about AEW. Let's get on to some AEW talk. And we can kick it off with Rampage from the week prior, before All Out. Uh, we kicked it off with Malachi Black picking up a victory over Lee Johnson, which is a just a follow up from what happened the week prior, where everybody expected like Cody to make the slave uh, the save, but it was Lee Johnson coming in well, there. You expected that. I don't know why anyone else would expect that. I, I, yeah. It's because you know. don't follow the product. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I've been with them since day one ish. You know, like yeah. two weeks ago when Daniel Bryan came back and CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> but this this match, like, obviously, I understand why it was happening, but the it, Dustin. Rhodes got involved afterwards, which they just did this feud. Like a carbon copy of this feud with QT Marshall instead of Malachi Black. Mm -hmm. 
they started this feud while Cody was still in that feud with Marshall. So that's, I think, a little off. But after that, we saw Miro cut a promo on Eddie Kingston. Uh, we saw Chris Statlander pick up the victory over Rebel and Jamie Hayter. I was also, a fan of that match, too. The yeah. handicap match. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Main event, but, though, saw then, Darby yeah. Allen pick up the victory over Daniel Garcia. We saw 2.0 jump Darby Allen afterwards. They got rid of Sting, I believe, at one point. And then CM Punk came off commentary. He was calling commentary the whole night. And he backed them up towards Darby so Darby could dive out onto them. And then they had a, a stare down. Solid and I, way to go into the pay-per-view. I liked the banter between CM Punk and Chris Jericho on commentary. Yeah. Because they have feuded in the past in WWE, obviously. So it was nice to see them chit-chat. Yeah. And I legit feel like they're having fun. You know, you're hearing them talking. It just sounds fun. But that main event did lead into All Out in Chicago or Chicago-adjacent. Illinois. Um, the buy-in started with the best friends in Jurassic Express picking up the victory over the HFO. I think the not referee, really much to yeah kind of it, lost control here. Yeah, the referee definitely lost control with this one. I was um, lost, that's for sure. Were you? Yeah, I had no clue who was legal. Hmm. Yeah, they the, had the, the, one... the fun spots though with like the chicken. Not really my cup of tea, but it's like yeah, that's the one the AEW standard right now. I would have liked to see Jorah Joel on there, you know, the Punjabi lion. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it is what it is. But best friends in Jurassic Express picking up the victory. And Next- HFO continued the attack on Orange Cassidy. And we had the big return of the Butcher. Yeah, but- I, I, I marked for this. I know Chris marked out for the Butcher making his return. And I just got to say, the one thing that, not, but the Butcher, he is in fantastic shape compared to when he first um, started to make a name for himself on the wrestling scene and really breaking into the business compared to now that he returned. Such fantastic shape. And now I'm interested to see what they're going to end up doing with the Butcher. Are they going to set him up to feud with... um, Someone at HFO? Why? He's in HFO. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Um, the other way around. With uh, Jurassic Express or Best six, uh, best Friends? Like well, you wouldn't Cassidy. even know that he returned if you watched Dynamite. But they were going to cut Orange Cassidy's hair. Varsity Blondes, Dark Order, Dante Martin, and Jurassic Express chased them off. So... I feel like maybe it's going to be leading to a hair versus hair match with Matt Hardy. Could be. But we saw Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky cut a promo. Dan Lambert's doing the standard Dan Lambert AEW Mark promo. Yeah, not uh, attacking the fans, which I don't mind it. It's just, to me, pointless. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. This promo, they were like, oh, maybe we'll attack. And then they literally didn't do anything on the pay-per-view. But first match of the evening on the actual all-out pay-per-view saw Miro pick up the victory over Eddie Kingston to retain the TNT Championship. 
I think a majority of Miro's title defenses have been against like non-contenders. And although Eddie Kingston is not and was not number one contender, I think his was a, a match that I enjoyed the most. I thought that this was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was definitely what I expected it to be. Hard hitting with uh, knowing the style of Eddie Kingston and Miro uh, being the powerhouse. I like this match. I like the end of it where the turnbuckle came into play and then Miro getting the, the low blow shot while the referee was distracted to help pick up secure the victory. I was a big fan of it. I could have done without <laughs> the turnbuckle spot. I don't know. I thought that, I mean, it gave a reason for the distraction for the low blow. But now it's like, should Eddie Kingston get another title shot? No, he's a, dude, Miro's a heel. Well, he's allowed Eddie to Kingston's you, a face. Exactly. You're allowed to use shots like that. I mean, most likely Miro, Miro will deny him and deny him. He'll face somebody else and then Eddie Kingston will get... Somehow he's going to end up getting his rematch with him. But, I mean, it's going to be the... Um, I think it's going to play out very well. Well, after that we saw John Moxley pick up the victory over Kojima. Which this, I think, went exactly how you would have expected it to. I enjoyed this match. I think... I could see where people were complaining about it. What were they saying? Like, the chop spots aren't realistic enough, even though it's, like, they're just not realistic. And they want opponents who are known to a wider audience. I don't. A lot of people I saw complaining, like, who is Kojima? What is this even? I don't know. I was fine with Kojima and uh, the, the chops and everything. I thought we're fine. I mean, I mean, I were, they, were they a little they were... bit... Did they look held back at times? Yes, but I was I didn't. I'm not going to harp on it. I thought that it was fine. You know, the, it wasn't. Uh, I was going to say the one thing that I would harp on of this is the fact that Tanahashi was not there, as that seems like what they've been building to with John Moxley. That's like that's what I would have complained about with Kojima even being in this match. I but what that, do you mean? I like guess, him... will eventually play out. I, maybe that'll play out come yeah, January, I wouldn't, even. I wouldn't have brought in Tanahashi for to be there as a manager. Not as a manager. It's so that, as a replacement match? Not a replacement match. He was teased to face John Moxley, and now he's, like, ducking John Moxley. I don't know. I wouldn't put him... So you're you're just taking out Kojima. Right, because Tanahashi yeah, has been uh... in this feud. I don't know. I wouldn't take out... I think Kojima's fine. I think Tanahashi play it out a bit longer, and then you could bring in Tanahashi. He's, it looks like he's going through the roster heading up to uh, Tanahashi. Yeah, and after the match, we saw Minoru Suzuki show up, which was dope. They brawled. Suzuki came out on top, and it was announced that they were going to have a match on Dynamite, which I wasn't so happy with the fact that we were getting another match between them, but... I'm I marked out for it. I was very happy with that announcement. I was just happy uh, to hear his theme song on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh next up you had Britt Baker pick up the victory over Chris Detlander to retain her championship. 
Um, I thought that this match was fantastic. This match was back and forth to the point where there were moments where you didn't know if Statlander was going to pick up the victory. Yeah. <laughs> this I, was my second favorite match. The I surprisingly the Moxley and Kojima match was my favorite match of the night. I'm, you know what? I like that match, but I wouldn't say that that was my favorite match, you know? I think that my favorite match was Britt Baker and Statlander, but it's also tough because one of my other favorite matches was the Lucha Bros match, but with this Britt Baker matchup, I thought that it was fantastic. I like the uh, the superplex spot. I, the superplex spot, I definitely got nervous over. (laughs) I definitely got nervous. I was just like, oh, okay. Because it's not like a... Chris Statlander is not Brian Cage. So when that superplex uh, happened... You know what, though? She shows off a lot of power. She does, but well, I don't know I if mean, it was... I mean, we just spoke about it before. That that uh, Rampage match against Rebel and Jamie Hayter. She held both of them up. Yeah, but that, that spot didn't look like it was, I don't know, clean. I think the superplex spots are supposed to look nervous. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was supposed to look that way. I like the, the curb stomp off of the steel steps that Brett yeah. Baker did. And also, little did we know at the time, <laughs> her doing a Panama sunrise, or which they called a uh, Pittsburgh sunrise, I believe. Yeah, they did. At the end, uh, towards the end of the match, it didn't actually end the match, but I thought it was cool to see because NXT TakeOver 36, we saw Adam Cole do the lockjaw. So I thought it was just like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> you did my move, I'll do your move, sort of thing. But Britt Baker picked up the victory there. After that, we saw Andrade be interviewed, which was just to set up him versus Pac or Pac on Rampage this week. So no open challenge for Andrade like I had thought. Yeah, that I didn't they mention that there was going to be an open challenge. I think I think Andrade mentioned it. Yeah, I thought that. But he does gonna... whatever he wants, and I don't think he even cares about being in AEW. Somebody <laughs> he liked a tweet about somebody saying like, "Oh, how dare you?" Um, or how are you going to let Andrade be in a, a, a Sunday Night Heat match, basically. I don't in regards know. to Rampage, but yeah. Well, next after up, that, Lucha Bros yeah. picked up the victory over the Young Bucks in a steel cage to become the new AEW Tag Team Champions. Thank goodness, Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Young Bucks reign is over. Finally, we saw Brandon Cutler at one point toss a thumbtack covered shoe in at one point, which was used a lot of blood in this match. Yeah, there was one point where the uh, young bucks was ripping away at both of their masks, and which that's like a that's like the standard spot in any like lucha lucha ma- match. Yeah, um, I mean you had a lot of awesome awesome spots to to take home, but you a had lot the of top... young buck spots as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, in general, uh, you know. But overall, Lucha Bros picking up the victory. In a hard-hitting, fun matchup. Um, I just I didn't like the finish, but I why? I, why not Brandon? my why cup of tea? Why why not? I just isn't. I like I their know. unique cage though, where it's like a kind of like a hell in a cell, but not. 
But after that, we saw the Casino Battle Royale, which it's nice to finally see Hikaru Shida again. It's been months since she's been on television. Not since yeah. she lost the title to Britt Baker. She hadn't been on. And this match, I was a huge fan of the Casino Battle Royale. I it thought a pretty that, good match, yeah. I, I thought that the, the thing that I loved the most was I thought the timing was superb in the match from all the women and the producers on it. I thought the timing was great because the before they... I think the producer was just Tony Khan. Maybe. I mean, But the thing is, before every uh, time like you had the new suit come in, you had two to three wrestlers get eliminated. And then you would have the next grouping come in. And then you have two to three more. Next group come in two to three. Like you never had an overabundance of people in the ring at the same time. But you also never had a lack of people in the ring at the same time. I like the stuff between Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like that Shida was eliminated so early. I was fine with Shida being uh, eliminated in that sort of a manner. For me, that just goes back to former champion I mean, not being used. But, I mean, on the other hand, I believe she went underneath the rope. Yeah, I saw I don't some think, people say that, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she she and they even made commentary. Uh, commentary even made note that she did not go over the rope; she was under the rope. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to play into a storyline. You never know. I don't me- think so. But but I Ruby thought, Soho no- made her very expected debut as the Joker. The uh, crowd went crazy for it, and the thing also, that I didn't I was surprised understand- that Anna Jay didn't make it to. The finals, like closer. I yeah. think she was like super over where she sh- maybe should have been up at up at the finals, but it came down to Ruby Riot, uh, Ruby Soho, Nyla Rose, and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I would I would have rather instead of Nyla Rose maybe uh, um, have Jade in there, but uh, like how you yeah. were saying, but it came down to Thunder Rosa and Ruby Riot. Oh, Phenomenal man. match between Soho and Thunder. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was fantastic between the two of them. It was awesome. And the thing that I was trying to figure out, I don't understand how anybody has ever used the name Ruby Soho before. I feel like with this song and everything, that that would be a wrestler's name already. Well, it was given to her from Rancid, so... Yeah, but I'm like what I don't get is how nobody ever used that. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe they like weren't able to. I don't know. I don't. You, you don't need to. I don't know. But overall, Ruby did pick up the victory. She's going to be facing Britt Baker. Um, I'm excited for it. Do you think she's going to pick up the victory? I don't. Oh, you. Think but it's Baker's hard to like over. also not see her pick up the victory. I kind of feel like she has to defeat Britt Baker. I say no because the actual number one contender in the rankings is Thunder Rosa. And that's a huge match that people have been waiting to see again. Hmm. So I think the person taking that AEW championship off Britt Baker will be Thunder Rosa at some point. Or it could be Ruby. And then Thunder takes it off of her, and then Britt Baker tells her how they never got the goal again. No, I think it'll be. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think it'll be Thunder Rosa. 
Well, next up you had Chris Jericho pick up the victory over MJF. Um, starting from the entrances, MJF swerving the crowd with the old school Y2J the break the walls clock. down Jericho countdown. Followed by a graphic that said Jericho's last match. Yeah. Decent. I think to me that's kind of carny to, or not even carny, but like that's another thing. Like everyone's always saying WWE gets mentioned always. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of them doing that. I don't think it's carny or not carny. I'm a fan of it. So to me, that's all that I care about is as long as I'm a fan of it. I don't care if it's Carney, if it's WWE, if it's whatever. I'm a fan of it. I thought that it was very entertaining. It was a nice little added uh, boost to the hate for MJF. And oh, and so down to this match, I thought it was a good well, match. Well, 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 well. Got to talk about Chris Jericho's entrance. Uh, uh, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, I'd rather focus on the match, but... They had the guitarist from Fozzie play Chris Jericho out to the ring. The fans were off from the guitar. It was a huge miss. Yeah, I don't think that they should have had him do that at all. I think that just goes off to play play off against uh, the other week when it was banned and the fans sang it. Yeah, I think that it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't really agree. work. But you yeah, live and you learn. It didn't work, but I think that the match worked. I thought that this was a fun match, and it went back and forth. There were many times where you thought MJF was going to win. There was a moment where MJF did kind of win. Yeah, but Chris See, Jericho's but like... foot was on the rope, and then they, you had the referee. Uh, referees consult each other and they reversed the, the decision to restart the match where Chris Jericho got the victory. So like, I thought it was great. I liked the match after the tap out part, mm-hmm. but, and I liked different spots. I liked the, the power bomb from MJF when he countered the hurricane Rana from the top rope. That was cool, yeah. Did we need Wardlow and Jake Hager coming out to do nothing? I don't I don't think we needed it, but I don't know. That didn't really impact anything for me because it didn't really do it do all that much. And then there's like certain things like the baseball bat spot. Why like to me the baseball bat the baseball bat shouldn't have been in the ring. Any referee would have been like no, that shouldn't be in the ring. I don't know. I think that the and it baseball... was in the ring the whole match. So exactly that's, that's when you would have had Hager and Wardlow run down, do a spot where the bat ends up in the ring. Maybe, but I think that having them, I don't know. I, I saw the bat in the corner the entire time, so no I knew sense. that. And that... WWE, uh, AEW, I mean, I don't think they've ever done like that instant replay gimmick where another referee was like, "No, no, no, I saw him cheat." Yeah, the dusty finish. Uh, to me, I don't know. I don't know. MJF though, he hit the Judas effect in that, so that was at least good. But the yeah. restarted match, I thought was better when Jericho made him tap out. I mean, the restarted match wasn't that much longer. 
No, it wasn't, and that was perfect. I because I didn't want to <laughs> see this match at all because we already saw this match. We I don't know. Need it. So agree to disagree. But was, next up, you had this match. It was three victories versus one. It was just not necessary. The the fifth labor should have been this match at the pay per view. Yeah, but that's I, just that's, that's what I think. Yeah, for sure. But next up, you had the return after seven years. CM Punk in the ring finally picking up a victory over Darby Allen. Uh, this match, in my opinion, was exactly as I expected. It was a good match. It wasn't a great match. It was a good match. It wasn't a five-star. wasn't a four-star. It was a three-star, in my opinion. It wasn't anything over the top, but it was a good match that I enjoyed. Dave Meltzer over here? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think the match sucked, but it was definitely very underwhelming. Yeah. It, it, and it I, was definitely, I, did, I think, Darby's best match in AEW. I agree with that. I mean, I and don't I know liked a of... bunch of it. First of all, CM Punk wearing tights. I like that it was tights as opposed to trunks because we've seen him in trunks. Yeah, it was it's a something nice... to switch it up. Yeah, and what about, the, I liked how they kicked it off with that homage to one two three kid versus bret hart spot hated that why it was a shot for shot remake of it including cm punk doing the bret hart scuff yeah hated that i hated that spot it was a pain homage dude i hated that it's you're literally doing the same exact spot facial expression and everything that's what paying homage is. That to me is dumb. Homage is C- is CM Punk sitting up from a coffin drop. Homage to Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I disagree I, I liked, with you. What? I thought that that was an uh, that was a cool spot. That's um, fine, and a lot of people did. I wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I liked the, I, the go to sleep spot where Darby got kicked out of the ring. Yeah, that was a that was a nice little spot where. He, it could have been the end of the match, but Darby Allen got lucky ending up in the outside of the ring. Um, yeah, but I do have to say, after the match, when Sting and Darby Allen were behind CM Punk, I thought Sting was about to drop CM Punk with the Scorpion Death Drop. I was like, this. I was like nervous. I huh? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think that. But it didn't happen. They shook hands and celebrated. Um, they announced AW Full Gear will be taking place on November 13th. That's the next time they'll be on pay-per-view. Match after that, uh, Big Show picked up the victory over QT Marshall. The Factory got involved, and uh, this pretty much went as expected. It was a choke slam, very quick match. <laughs> Yeah. I can't say that Chris Jericho versus MJF was the worst match on the card, but I think I might have cared more about this match than than MJF versus Jericho. Oh no, not definitely not me. <laughs> um, I mean, it was cool to see Big Show. He had new attire and stuff that we haven't seen before. Also, he's now got other gear that he has not worn in the ring as per that picture that they had. I think it was in Forbes magazine. So this is a, another version of that gear. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but um, yeah, big show got the win, (laughs) but next up is the main event of the evening, a highly disputable event. Kenny Omega. 
picking up the victory over Christian Cage to retain the championship. I liked the match. I wasn't too tired during the match. I get it. I know what Brandon is about to say. I wasn't tired during the match, but the fans were killed during this. The fans did not care except for when they were doing like a high spot. They were, they were, CM they were, Punk killed the crowd 100%. There were moments that I was a little bit tired, but it was also a late event. But you know, it, I think I, like, this was but, on it. It doesn't have anything to do with you being tired. The, the fans inside were dead. They were well, not reacting. Mm-hmm. They I don't think that the match to Big dragged, Show versus QT I don't think Marshall. the match it's the same thing. on. Everything after CM Punk was just downhill. I thought that's that why no, I said this. I think that no matter what, you had to end it with the championship, though. Especially I with disagree. everything that this should not. Obviously, we see what happened afterwards. Not to skip yeah. ahead, but take that out of the equation because I don't think that should have happened either at All Out. I think Kenny I Omega versus Christian should have opened up All Out, and if you want to debut somebody you could have a hundred percent done it after that and then saved there was no reason for danielson to be there but then you just killed the crowd because they just got so amped up and then you're bringing it back but i don't know i thought i thought but that that wouldn't have happened at the end of the segment it would have happened at the beginning of the show the end for me would have been punk versus darby allen I don't know. And I they would have that... all celebrated at the end. With CM Punk would have celebrated with Darby Allen and Sting. Perfect ending to All Out. But Perfect here, crowd did not ending. care. Kenny Omega pulls out a table behind the referee's back, does a, a stomp onto it, breaks the table over Christian, and then in front of the referee, him and Don Callis pull out a table and set it up. Christian eventually spears Kenny Omega off the apron through it. How are these not DQ spots? I don't know. Don Callis has the Good Brothers run down. Christian escapes them, but gets hit with that one wing and angel from the middle rope. That ends the match. I, It's like so selective with these referees. If Don Callis is out there, he's going to be cheating, which makes no sense because you're you're pushing other people to the back. If Don Callis is out there, he's going to be cheating. So they should automatically send him to the back. But you can't. It's you got to play the crowd with him. What do you mean? It, but how are you not seeing it, that? It just I understand that, but it's just like the same thing happens every single time. If the same thing happens every single time Kenny Omega is out there, then that doesn't make it special. You're being too smart with this. That's not. That's how everyone should be watching this. Every single time you see a Kenny Omega match, you know either the Young Bucks or the Good Brothers are getting involved or Don Callis. It has happened every single time. That is Mm -hmm. not something special. But let's get to the finish. Young Bucks came out to celebrate. The Elite beat Christian down. Jurassic Express go out to make the save and the lights go out. You think it's about to be Daniel Bryan because of all the hype behind Daniel Bryan. And then Adam Cole shows up. Was not expecting that at all. And they tease Adam Cole facing off with Kenny Omega. Adam Cole kicks Jungle Boy and celebrates with the Elite. I thought that this was... uh, I was not expecting Adam Cole at that time. Um, And I'm very... I thought that it was great that Adam Cole showed up. It was a lot of but fun. But again, I would have liked for this to have happened in December or something. 
I why December, dude? Yeah. How? Why are you well, going to put whenever, the guy was just on whenever NXT Adam Page recently. is ready to come back? Because now, so okay, so after dude, don't no, you he was he was just on NXT recently. He was just in a, doing that thing with like, how are you going to hold him off until December? Get it while it's hot. No way. Because you're interrupting storylines here. I disagree 100%. You you don't watch the product. I I disagree. I you're not going to hold off Adam Cole until December. I think he should have been or I whenever disagree. Adam Page would be back. I disagree with you. And they obviously they're celebrating whatever. Kenny Omega cuts a promo, nobody's good enough to face him. Daniel Bryan makes his debut. All the faces come back out help him out with the the elite and they celebrate to close the pay-per-view. I'm not denying that it wasn't one of the hottest moments of the night. It was the hottest moment of the night. Crowd went home very happy. But I don't think any of that should have happened. I totally disagree with you, but that's what makes wrestling, you know? That's why we do because a podcast. Because now not only did you interrupt Kenny Omega versus Adam Page, the storyline that the fans have been really wanting to see, you now put Daniel Bryan in a situation or Bryan Danielson in a situation where will he win the AEW championship? And now Adam Cole is just, he goes from being in the main event to still being in the main event scene, but not in the main event because he's not Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is the main event. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get on to, AEW Dynamite from this past week, though. Malachi Black picking up the victory over Dustin Rhodes. Um, That was predictable, though. He lasted a lot longer than Cody did in his match. Yeah. Both went through a, tables. Yeah, got a lot of... The table spot was random to me. I don't uh, know. Where he put uh, Dustin Rhodes through the table, that was just random to me. It was a better table spot than Cody's was, though. Cody jumps off the tur- the top turnbuckle through the table. Mm-hmm. This was... They were outside the ring. I To me, it doesn't make sense with a DQ finish, but it still fit for me. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I mean, Alistair... Uh, I don't think Black, going through a table has ever been a DQ. I think so. In WWE, it's never been a DQ. The commentary table, at least, but... Yeah. But but Malachi Black pulled Cody Rhodes' boot from under the ring and gave it to Dustin, which fired Dustin up, but he tripped Dustin into the top turnbuckle, which he had removed the pad from at the start of the match, and then he hit Black Mass to his shoulder and won the match. So that continues the feud there. They announced Cody will be returning at Grand Slam to face Malachi Black. And I really hope Malachi Black wins. I could see that. I could see both happening. I can't see Malachi Black winning, which sucks. Mm-hmm. I could see both come in place. But... After that, CM Punk came out and he thanked Darby Allen, Sting, and the fans for his return to the ring on Sunday. He put over John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. He put over Brian Pillman Jr. Um, or his Aunt Linda and, and 
She was sitting there ringside. Put over Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. And he pulled the crowd. He pulled the crowd to see who his next opponent should be. And then Taz grabs a mic and told him not to mention any members of Team Taz. And CM Punk's like, I literally didn't. <laughs> yeah. And then Hobbs and Hook came out and Punk was like, hell, give me all of them. Was the segment the greatest? No. I liked yeah. CM Punk using Taz's line, though. But the fact that CM Punk didn't mention Team Taz at all, and Taz is yelling at him not to mention Team Taz. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But it leads into Powerhouse Hobbs picking up the victory over Dante Martin. Both were on win streaks, I believe. Martin continues to be impressive in the ring, but there was no way Hobbs was losing. No, not at all. But good showing by both of them, though. Yeah. After that, Dan Lambert appeared again and basically just said that he's looking for a challenge for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I, in my head, can't even think of anybody. Hmm. Nothing comes to mind on my end. Like, the only people I could think of would be, like, Dark Order and Jurassic Express, but they're sort of tied up elsewhere. Uh, yeah. I'm not After sure. that, though, they aired a uh, quick promo with Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy mentioning the hair. So, I really do think it's going to lead to, like, some sort of hair versus hair where Matt Hardy ends up saying... I'm not getting my head shaved. It's going to be one of the members of the HFO. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's it will be a good... I think it's going to be a fun pairing up. After that, MJF came out and he spoke about how he beat Chris Jericho for a fourth time on Sunday, but the referees have a bias against them, made him restart the match. He cuts a promo on Cincinnati. He started yelling at Aunt Linda. And Brian Pillman Jr.'s sister, Brian Pillman's daughter, who went into labor afterwards, <laughs> I believe. What? Yeah. I I think she started having contractions after MJF started yelling at her or whatever, or after the show. Jeez. Yeah, that that was a hot segment though, and the crowd <laughs> the crowd loved it. Yeah, and out came Brian Pillman Jr. to stand up against MJF. MJF then spoke about Brian Pillman's mom and Pillman gets in the ring. Wardlow gets in between them and MJF kind of made some underhand comments towards Wardlow. Yeah, told him pretty much just to go into the corner and look pretty. Especially because he didn't have his back during the labors of Jericho. He didn't have his back in the match on Sunday. MJF said that Pillman should have been aborted. And then got attacked, which Wardlow eventually helped MJF. Griff Garrison ran out to make the save, but uh, he also got taken out. Yeah, Later but... on in the trainer's room, it set up a match between MJF and Brian Pillman Jr. at AEW Grand Slam. The acclaimed cut Brian Pillman off, and Max Caster got himself a match against Brian Pillman Jr. on Rampage. Yeah, Max Caster... 
back in the uh, the scene. It's weird, like the the stuff that MJF is allowed to say versus the stuff that Caster is allowed to say. Um, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't think Caster should have said what he said, but the yeah. stuff that MJF was saying, of course, yeah, seems I, like it's on the same level of stuff that shouldn't be said on TV. Uh, I would disagree. I definitely okay. So there's some things that shouldn't be said that what are said, but the stuff that Caster was really saying, um, and I don't think Max Caster should have been suspended for that. That's all on Tony Khan, not Max Caster. I think that I mean, who knows if he was actually suspended? He was probably just told or to just stay kept off TV for. Yeah, he was probably years. just told to be off TV. He had to after that. He had to be off TV. But again, that's not. But then those, I don't know. I mean, I don't really think he, he was legit suspended, but he had to be off TV. You know, these are, you got your sponsors and everything. You have to be smart with it. Well, but, earlier in the night, we saw Ruby Soho interviewed backstage by Tony Schiavone. Britt Baker cut it off and she told Ruby to just run away to catering like she spent the last four years of her life. Which I thought was a good, like, yes, that mentions WWE, but I think that does it in a way that it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of these wrestlers that are coming over from WWE are going about it the right way, you know? But I was a fan of it, and Ruby Soho ended up picking up the victory over Jamie Hayter uh, in her debut singles match on AEW. The match started fine. But then when it came back from commercial, I think it was messy. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't notice anything that was too. I big standoutish. But Ruby won with the riot kick. I don't know if she's going to be starting to call it the the Soho kick or something else. But that's what she won with. Call it the rancid. Uh, the rancid kick. No, just the rancid. That's it. No kick. Just the rancid. Yeah, but the rancid isn't grammatically correct. Doesn't have to be. It's a finisher. But Britt Baker attacked Ruby Soho afterwards. That's going to be difficult. I know. <laughs> but uh, she attacked her, and Riho went to make the save randomly, but she got taken out, and Chris Satlander ran them off. Yeah, so chair, chair in hand. That continues that feud. After that, we saw FTR and Sean Spears pick up the victory over the Dark Order, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Johnny Silver. The arguing within the inner circle continues to happen. And Anna Jay is not so happy about it. No. I mean, Dark Order just, they have been in disarray without a leader. Um, that That was the main focus of this match. But outside of that, if all of them have gone on record and say nobody, like we don't want anyone to replace Brody Lee as a leader. Well, maybe they need, maybe they don't want someone to replace, but maybe they need someone to replace now that they're seeing how they can't go without a leader. Is it Cody? Is it Bray? I don't know. Those news sites have been saying Bray White is not going to AEW. I mean, they do need, if somebody's going to take over as leader for a Brody uh, position, who is more fitting than Bray? 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I worry that it could be Cody. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not. But that was the main focus of that. Dark Order fought with each other after this match. Backstage, Tully Blanchard randomly cut a promo focusing on Sting and Darby Allen, and he wants Sean Spears versus Darby Allen next week, I believe. And he also teased a match between him and Sting. Hmm. I don't want that. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want it either. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know. I always talk about how cool it is to see a Hall of Famer and this and that, but I don't want to see Like, them. it's cool to see a Hall of Famer, but then you put two Hall of Famers in the same match against each other? I don't think so. Unless it's like so. Edge and Chris Jericho. Yeah, people who are younger. No offense to the older people, but... Yeah. But after that, we saw Tony Schiavone interview the Elite. And this is what I was talking about before with Don Callis and everything. It's like, you expect it every single week. They come out without Adam Cole. Only to introduce him. By the way, we didn't discuss it. He's got the uh, a knockoff Undisputed Era theme song, which I like. I liked his theme song a lot, too. I like his theme song... So, obviously, Undisputed Era is, like, the top. Then you go to this Adam Cole theme song, and then um, his other, like, non-Undisputed Era Adam Cole theme song is, like, way behind this one. Mm-hmm. But also, Daniel Bryan's theme song, I hate. I don't... I can't stand it. I, I don't think it mind was a friend of Nikki's that did his theme song. I hate this theme song. I'm but, okay with it. Adam Cole comes out and addressed Tony's relationship with Britt Baker, made him leave the ring. So, in this instance, it was better. But also, he already had the microphone taken from him. But this was the only reason why Tony needed to be in the segment. And I'm fine with that for that segment. But he's going to be wrestling Frankie Kazarian next week. At the Prudential Center. Omega mentioned that he hates getting cut off, which then he gets cut off by Brian Danielson. Kenny had the elite leave the ring so him and Brian could talk. And Daniel Bryan said that Kenny is afraid to take a match with him because he knows that he's better and Kenny doesn't want to admit that. Then Kenny Omega attacks Daniel Bryan. Bryan locks in the yes lock. Kenny Omega taps. Commentary did not comment on that. He tapped out. And then the Elite jump him. Jurassic Express make the save. Kazarian makes the save. Christian makes the save. I think this was a decent segment. I agree with you. I think that it was it was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable. And... It was watchable. I... Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan both wearing matching white shirts. True. <laughs> and then the main event. John Moxley picks up the victory over Minoru Suzuki, which is almost move for move what we saw at the pay-per-view, just longer. Yeah. Suzuki got busted open during this. I thought this match sucked. Um... I mean, it was what I expected, but I also didn't expect much from it. And they cut 
Minoru Suzuki's entrance. I know that I didn't like. And then gave us like three to five minutes of John Moxley celebrating in the crowd afterwards. I know. I would have happily not had that for Kaze ni Nari. Nare. Yeah. But that is AEW Dynamite. But. Just yeah. want to say that on uh, AEW Dark, they announced this week that they are officially in cahoots with WWE. They are doing shows from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. WWE plastered all over Universal Studios. AEW will now be plastered all over Universal Studios, I bet. So there's just no denying that they are in cahoots. Of course, Vince is... It's the whole ECW deal. He he gave them Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Kevin Owens soon? Nah, I don't know about that. There are rumors his contract is up in January. And then there's rumors <laughs> of Sami Zayn. But it'd I mean, be interesting. I don't know. I, the, I personally I, wouldn't want to go where my competitor is. Well, they're not competitors. He's getting a kickback from this. Yeah, you know? we're all pawns in a chess game. We're all exactly. marks. We don't know it. I mean, if anything, the only per like Triple H is on it too. Everybody is. WWE and AEW are on. You can't tell me that when you can't tell me they're not when they're at the same place. Basically, they're in on it. Universal Studios is owned by NBC Universal. WWE has a huge deal with NBC Universal. Ding dong. Hello. But that's all the AEW talk. We're going to take a quick break right now. Hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look... I mean, I've done it, Dave's done it, Brandon's never done it. You're down there, you, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick, you get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my more 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 553. Remember to head over to manscaped.com, use the code REGARDLESS, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Moving over to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. It opened up. With uh, some promos from all the tag teams in that tag team turmoil match, which I, I liked. I, I thought it was a, a unique way to open up. Uh, I've, we've seen similar stuff like that in the past, but we don't really see that. So that's why I would say unique. But the first segment we saw RK Bro come out, basically just say that they're going to watch all the teams. Riddle kind of rambled a bunch until Bobby Lashley and MVP came out. Which I thought the, the the Riddle ramblings were funny. But Bobby Lashley challenged Randy Orton to a one-on-one match. And Randy Orton said under one condition. That condition being that Bobby Lashley puts the championship on the line. MVP accepted that match for Extreme Rules. And Lashley said that they're going to go talk to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville about getting added to the Tag Team Turmoil match. New Day came out, basically just to introduce the match that was about to happen. Kofi Kingston right here in his Kevin Nash gear. We didn't get to see it at SummerSlam, but his outsider gear, fantastic. I thought that was dope. The tag team turmoil match actually kicked off. New Day picks up the the victory over the Viking Raiders. Really good match between the two teams. This goes back to what I was saying the other week, though, with the the Viking Raiders. We hear the promo after promo after promo, and then nothing comes of it. So this could be another instance of just nothing coming of it. But they went on to defeat Jinder Mahal and Veer. Not too much from that match. Lucha House Party was out next. They have a brand new theme song, which kind of sounds like Thunder Rosa's theme song. A little bit. A little, little bit. Um, I just, I wish they lasted longer. It was still, I think, super entertaining, but it just wasn't long enough for me. After that, Mace and T-Bar, they put some work into the match. Woods countered a move with a quick pin, and they were eliminated. But Mace and T-Bar attack New Day after that. Mansoor and Mustafa Ali were out next, and Mansoor was, like, really trying to get Mustafa Ali to go in there with him and help uh, against the former Retribution members. But Ali's just trying to stop him, basically making him stay out of it. But Mansoor couldn't take it. He goes in there, tries to, to stop... Mason T-Bar, he gets taken out. Ali goes to make the save. He also then gets attacked. And then Sonya Deville came out to suspend the match until later on. So New Day and Mansoor and Mustafa Ali could recoup. After that, Sheamus picked up the victory over Drew McIntyre. Which I would 100% say this was a pay-per-view quality match. I like this match. I liked when Drew McIntyre teased the superplex to the outside of the ring. 
but it got countered by Sheamus with a superplex into the ring. Um, Drew McIntyre, we saw him rip Sheamus' mask off, goes to hit a Claymore. Sheamus ducks it, rolled him up, grabs the trunks. I hate that we saw a similar pin in that tag team turmoil match. It was the previous match. We just saw it. But after the match, Drew McIntyre slapped Sheamus with the mask super hard. Couldn't believe that slap. Hits him with the Claymore. But Sheamus will face Damian Priest at Extreme Rules for the U.S. Championship. After that, we saw Nikki, A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Natalia and Tamina. Probably a team that has like the worst standings as far as being current champions they keep losing I think there was there were some comedy spots in this like the baby cradle handoff handoff I thought that was I thought it was fun thought it was a decent match but like what are we what are we doing here with the tag team championships they lost three times to Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart they didn't get a, a title shot this was another one of those contenders matches I believe and I think Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley are going to get the shot before them. Extreme Rules should 100% be a triple threat. After that, backstage we had Moist TV with Karrion Cross. Cross basically saying that he's going to eliminate John Morrison. This leads into their match, and Karrion Cross does in fact eliminate John Morrison. We saw some evasion moves from John Morrison, but. He used the drip stick and Karrion Cross kicked his face off. It was all downhill from there. That toss over the, the top turnbuckle, I thought that was pretty cool. You don't really see that. I feel like in one of the, one of the, I don't want to say recent, but in one of the maybe 2K games, I think you were able to do like a uh, uh, an overhead belly-to-belly suplex out of the ring like that. If I'm not mistaken, maybe you couldn't. Maybe I'm just misremembering. After that, Charlotte Flair picked up the victory over Nia Jax to retain the Raw Women's Championship. The bell rang. Shayna Baszler gets up on the apron to say that she doesn't know if Nia Jax can actually beat Charlotte Flair like she could. Flair then attacks Nia Jax. They get into like a shoving match, kind of like a work shoot, I guess people were calling it. Flair went to leave, but Shayna Baszler stopped her. Nia Jax gets her back into the ring. We saw Shayna Baszler interrupt a few more times. And the last time led to Charlotte Flair hitting that natural selection from the middle rope to to pick up the victory. I didn't hate this match, but it wasn't great. After that, Alexa Bliss appeared and invited Charlotte to Alexa's playground. And Charlotte's like, nah, I'm good. So Alexa Bliss is like, well, we'll just have to bring the playground to you. Lights go out. Alexa Bliss appeared. And she does the WrestleMania point to the Raw Women's Championship. So I'm assuming that'll take place at Extreme Rules. After that, Reggie picked up the victory over Akira Tozawa to retain the 24-7 Championship. I just think Reggie is super fun to watch. It's a very quick match here. Um, R-Truth ran down afterwards, but he got out of... um, Reggie dodged that. He got out of the way. 
Cedric Alexander, Humberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, uh, Jackson Riker, and I think the name that trended on Twitter because of this match, because people were unsatisfied with the fact that he was here, Jeff Hardy also came out during this. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. It's like people complain like when he's actually in a match, people are like, wow, he shouldn't be in this position. And then when he's in this, they're like, well, he shouldn't be in this position. So it's like a, a lose-lose situation with the IWC, I'll say. After that, though, Drake Maverick showed up uns- very un- unexpectedly, given he's on NXT. But he shows up, and R-Truth yelled at him to leave, go back to his wife, and I thought that was really funny. I don't know if that signifies that Drake Maverick is now going to be on Monday Night Raw versus NXT, but uh, we, sh- we shall see. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. After that, Dewdrop put Eva Marie on notice and challenged her to a match next week since Eva Marie was not there live. Uh, if you look at her Instagram, I don't know if they're like showing off a different side of Eva Marie. I don't know what's if that's I don't know what's going on with that, but we'll see next week on Monday Night Raw if Eva Marie shows up to wrestle Dewdrop. Probably not. Uh, then the main event, we saw the, the continuation of the tag team turmoil match. We saw New Day pick up that victory over Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. Ali kind of acting like a heel here, holding the rope so Kofi Kingston falls out of the ring. But Mansoor basically led to the downfall of that match where he didn't want to attack Xavier Woods because he was hurt. And it, le- it led to Mustafa Ali tagging himself into that match. Um, but he got hit with the trouble in paradise and then the limit break to actually lose that match. And then up next came AJ Styles and Amos who actually eliminated New Day. I liked AJ Styles kind of like pouncing Xavier Woods to prevent that hot tag there. But this match, I like the idea of New Day going the distance here. But I'm not super enthusiastic about the ending. Because I I want new contenders, I guess. So it's like in, in some way I'm I'm fine with New Day going that whole distance except for the final three or the final two. But we have MVP come out big time over in, in his hometown. The crowd came alive to see Lashley versus Amos in this match. We saw a test of strength, which I feel like it's been a, a while since we've seen that. But we saw Bobby Lashley get into Randy Orton's face. Randy Orton um, and Matt Riddle were out there on commentary. We saw um, AJ Styles dive off of the commentary table onto both Lashley and Randy Orton. Amos, we see, take Matt Riddle out. But then AJ Styles missed the phenomenal forearm, got hit with a spear, and that was it. So, if you watched the beginning of Monday Night Raw and saw Bobby Lashley and MVP say, oh, well, maybe we'll talk to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville about getting added to this match, you had to assume they were winning this match. And that's what happened. 
After the match, Amos chokeslammed Bobby Lashley. Orton then drops Bobby Lashley with an RKO. I think we all saw this coming, but next week, Bobby Lashley and MVP have a title shot. I I don't want RK-Bro to lose the titles. After that, uh, that was the end of Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT. It opens up with Kaylee Ray defeating Ember Moon, which I thought was a really good match. I liked Ember Moon using a few submissions in this. Maybe some moves that we don't really see her do normally. Um, But Kaylee Ray won with the Gory Bomb. And afterwards, Ember Moon was interviewed a bit later on. And the loss to Kaylee Ray woke her up. She said, maybe major changes are coming to Ember Moon soon. After that, Santos Escobar defeated Carmelo Hayes. I feel like neither of them should be losing, especially with Carmelo Hayes in that breakout tournament victory. But I can put it aside for the way that this played out because Electra Lopez got involved. She body slammed Carmelo Hayes outside of the ring behind the referee's back. And then he gets back into the ring, gets hit with that phantom driver to lose the match. So I could somewhat, I guess, forgive that. I did like... Santos Escobar using the lion tamer on the, the the ring steps. You don't really see people do moves on the ring steps like that. So I appreciate every time we do see something unique like that. But after uh, a little bit later on, we saw a hit row cut a promo on Legato Del Fantasma. Basically just continuing to put them on notice, especially with the addition of Electra Lopez there. After that, we saw William Regal announce that next week on NXT, we will see Tommaso Ciampa versus Kyle O'Reilly versus LA Knight versus Pete Dunne to see a new number one contender to face Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. I think we could see... uh, Well, I I don't even know who. Because, like, there's rumors of Pete Dunne leaving. Um... And I could certainly see LA Knight be in this position here. I liked all the promos that they that they were part of throughout the night. But I, I feel like it's I feel like it has to be Pete Dunn. After that, we saw Malcolm Bivens introduce the Creed brothers, uh, Brutus and Julius Creed. We also saw in the background Emily and Zulus uh, training with Diamond Mine in the background. So maybe uh Maybe I mean, it seems that she's also going to be part of Diamond Mine. I just don't know what her worker name is. But it led into the Creed brothers picking up the victory over Chucky Viola and Paxton Avril. One of the dudes got body slammed out of the ring by Brutus. I thought that was cool. They used a lot of amateur wrestling style moves. And I think it was a good showcase for, for the Creed brothers. After this, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark pick up the victory over Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. I really like that early on in the match, that sequence from Io Shirai and Caden Carter. I thought that was good, but this was a- another good match. Um, I'm glad that the champions finally defended the titles, but we saw Zoe Stark hit a move, then she tags Io. Io in for that moonsault victory. So 
it might not appear that EO is working as a tag team, but Zoe Stark most certainly is trying her damnedest to be a tag team here. Uh, after the match, though, we saw Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose attack Caden Carter and Casey Cotanzaro. Mandy Rose wearing a protective face mask now. Throughout the night, though, we saw footage of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis's bachelorette and bachelor parties. I liked the the bachelorette party was just like a quick segment where they went to uh, lunch or whatever it seemed. And everybody, uh, they some people gave some toasts. But it led to Candace suggesting that her and Indy go spy on the bachelor party. The bachelor party I thought was super fun. The zombie referee being there I thought was hilarious. Cameron Grimes apparently paid for the bachelor party. And he's covering the wedding as well. But in this... Dexter Loomis helping Johnny Gargano with the axe throwing, I thought was great. Odyssey Jones bouncing Drake Maverick off the trampoline, I thought was great too. Uh, Cameron Grimes making a rock star spud reference, perhaps. I thought that was funny. But overall, I, I like really enjoyed those those segments. Um, and afterwards, Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea were making fun of the wedding of index and Robert Stone came over to Frankie Monet excitedly to say that next week she's going to be facing Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's championship. So will she have time to ruin a wedding? Was she planning to ruin the wedding? Next week is the wedding of index. After that, we saw the in-ring debut of Mei Ying. She picked up the victory over Virginia Ferry. Super quick match. She had the, the death grip finish. I think Virginia got like one move in on in this match. I, I can't say much more than that. I'm looking forward to more matches from Mei Ying. I just, I don't know where Xia Lee is. I don't know if she's injured or what. But the main event of NXT, the final old format of NXT, as per everyone, MSK defending the title successfully, picking up the victory over Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. I wish this was more hard hitting. We still got some of those spots, but I just wanted more. Every, like, always more with Oni, Oni Lorcan. I liked Danny Burch locking Wesley in a submission move to prevent him from breaking up Oni's. Uh, Oni's submission move but we saw Nash Carter counter it he made Oni Lorcan bump into Danny Burch which kind of led to the end of the match there MSK were able to do their double team move pick up that victory successfully but after the match Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland they get into the ring Pete Dunne kind of like gives Ridge Holland a look and they both take Oni Lorcan out. And then Ridge Holland took Danny Burch out. I, I was blind to this. I never would have thought we would have seen that. I was surprised. So it should be interesting to see where that leads to. I want Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch to continue to be there. So hopefully they are 
still going to be in NXT. I would be more than happy with them on Raw and SmackDown as well. But like I said, the new NXT debuts next week. New logo, new arena, new theme song. From the concept art, I think it kind of looks like WCW Worldwide when they were in Disney World and Universal Studios. I think it could kind of also look like the NWA in that that old studio format, and I think it looks pretty cool. Everyone after NXT ended were like, rest in peace NXT, NXT is dead, blah, blah, blah. I'm a thousand percent giving this a chance. And I feel like it's not going to be that much different. We're just going to have a, a, like a super updated atmosphere to make it look cooler. But that is NXT. Moving over to NXT UK. It kicked off with Wolfgang picking up the victory over Sam Gradwell to advance in the NXT UK Heritage Cup number one contender tournament. I think uh, a bunch of these NXT UK guys have like the, a lot of these matches are like hard hitting matches. And I think those are really good. This was one of those matches. I'm a big fan of Wolfgang. I'd like to see him face Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK championship. But this gets him a match with Tyler Bate or uh, eventually could get him a match with Tyler Bate. He moves to the semifinals now. I liked the backstage segment with Gallus and Jordan Devlin that followed this match. I thought it was funny. Uh, The next match after that, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter teamed up with Saxon Huxley to defeat Symbiosis a bit all over the place at one point, but it uh, all around came together. I think it's a very interesting pairing for Huxley to be with Smith and Carter, but it worked really well. And I like the power of, of Huxley. He's like crazy, kind of. We've seen him sort of like a Bruiser Brody-esque type. So it was interesting to see him go to war against Symbiosis here with them. After that backstage, they had like, a, I think it was said early in the week, Stevie Turner was being interviewed and she was basically just trash talking the NXT UK women's champion Mako Satamora and Amelia McKenzie cut her off to say that she will beat hard just like Mako Satamora beat Stevie Turner. So we'll probably see that next week or so. And then the closing of NXT UK this week was interesting um it was a bunch of they re-showed walter versus Ilya dragunov for the nxt uk championship but they had added commentary to it they had Ilya dragunov rhea ripley cesaro drew mcintyre finn balor sheamus and tony storm all speaking about this match throughout the match it would like cut back and forth between some people And I think this segment, I feel like, will go overlooked. But I think it's really incredible to have all these wrestlers, these superstars, put Ilya Dragunov over like that. So I I would say check it out. You get to rewatch Walter vs. Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK, uh, NXT TakeOver 36. And you hear these insights from these superstars watching along. 
Also, uh, an interesting line from this was Finn Balor saying that a match with Walter has been the match that has escaped him. So, will we see that on SmackDown? Probably not. Maybe. Who knows? But that was NXT UK. I'm going to bring Dave back on. I'm not going to speak about SmackDown because I'm going. That should be great. But there are some uh, some topics that I feel like need to be mentioned. Um, a major one is that Triple H, they announced on Wednesday that he underwent a successful procedure last week following a cardiac event that was caused by a genetic heart issue, and he's yes. expected to make a full recovery. Hopefully uh, everything is all right with him. You know, we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Just wanted to send out well wishes to him and, like you said, a speedy recovery. And another big thing that WWE announced this week is the signing of Gable Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist, signed the first ever NIL agreement with WWE, and he'll begin training while still attending his senior year at the University of Minnesota. What a time. After he graduates, he'll be a full-time WWE superstar. During this time period, he'll they sent him a ring or whatever, or they're going to send him a ring so he can learn the basics. He'll appear on TV during the school year. And uh, this is the first of its kind with WWE. I think that's absolutely insane. But uh, I, that's... yeah. That's all like the the big WWE news. Like I said, not going to be discussing SmackDown because I'll be going to it. But hey, how about we get onto some shout outs? Brandon, shout outs! Michael K. Williams unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 54. So he's getting the first shout out. I think he's most famously known as Omar from The Wire and Chalky on Boardwalk Empire. But I knew him as Doc- Dr. Marshall Kane on a few episodes of Community. He was Smokey on F is for Family on Netflix. Also had roles in 12 Years a Slave, which he was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by Kest in a Motion Picture. He was in the rebooted Ghostbusters film, as well as Snitch with The Rock. So, just want to send out condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, very sad. The next shout-out goes to Cruella. I saw a lot of negative reviews about this movie, but I enjoyed it. It's now on uh, Disney Plus, starring Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. And honestly, there wasn't really anything about this film that I disliked. And I look forward to seeing a sequel. I thought it was really good. And then the final shout out goes to Hulu's brand new show, Only Murders in the Building. Have you heard about this at all or no? Uh, yes, I, I saw the commercial and it looks hilarious. Steve Martin co-created it. He stars in it alongside Martin Short and Selena Gomez. It's a comedy mystery show that follows those three characters and their love of true crime. The four, the first four episodes are out right now. I highly recommend it. It's such like a, um, a cast you wouldn't think would work together. Obviously, Martin Short and Steve Martin work together, but a uh, two completely different generations of actors. You you wouldn't think to have them 
interact the way they interact. But I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I th- I don't know if it's picked up for a second season or not, but I, I do hope it will be. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Right, our mark out moment of the week. I think I'll, I should just go in date order. First of all, I didn't even realize until after the fact, until like this week, they had John Goodman narrate the opening to the NWA pay per view last week. And I don't hmm. know how I didn't see that until a week plus later, but I definitely marked out hearing that. I thought hmm. that was really cool. That is cool. Also, AEW announced some new figures at the All Out Fan Fest. I popped that they're going to be making a Cardazone de Leon figure. Super random uh, Chris Jericho figure to be putting out, but I think that's pretty cool. And then I think the biggest markout moments are the unexpected debuts of Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. Totally. I marked out for it. I, yeah, I to- I marked out for all of that. I marked out for Suzuki uh, coming on out. Well, I definitely marked out for him too, but. Yeah, a ton of mark out moments. Um, and also, I mean, Vacation Friends is getting a sequel, that John Cena film on Hulu, so I'm pumped for that too. But that is episode 553. Thank you so much for checking it out. Follow along on Twitter at MarkinOut, at BTTG161, at Chris Sweendog, at DavidPTDPT. Dave and I have the same gimmicks for Instagram. Our Instagram and YouTube are the same, at MarkinOut11. Facebook.com slash MarkinOut. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkinOut. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify podcast and markingout.com. We wish you the, the best of luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors.